Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Things Christians Want to Know podcast with Paul Anderson. Hello, Nate Johnstone. Hello, Paul Anderson. And I am excited to get back into the Word and to talk about John, the Gospel of John, and how in that we see Jesus in the very famous passage, John 14 through 16, where he really outlines the Trinity and in particular who the Holy Spirit is and why he is excited to leave so the Holy Spirit can come, which I imagine the disciples were less excited about that. <laughs> they were feeling orphaned. They yeah. were feeling afraid. They wondered why he would talk about leaving. They couldn't imagine him leaving, but he kept saying it to them anyway. And you're right. There, the Trinity is in John 14 through 16. Like few places, I counted 41 times he uses the word Father. He is letting them know who his father is more clearly than he has ever spoken about it. Yeah. And they're having a tough time. But once the Holy Spirit comes and lives within them, then they get it. And they understand yes. who the father is. I think that's exactly right, Paul. And I think what we see there, especially in the first couple chapters of Acts, is a fulfillment of what Jesus is talking about right now. And we just, we got there at the end of last time that Jesus would, that the spirit would lead them into all truth and would teach them what they needed to know. And we see that that happens and they go from being unlearned fishermen to quoting Old Testament prophecy and explaining how that pertains to Jesus. And it amazed the Sanhedrin and the priests and the religious leadership. They could not believe it. Mm -hmm. And that is the power of the, of the Holy Spirit that Jesus is talking about in John. Yes. And we all have the same Holy Spirit. So can you recap for us the, the road in John here? Sure. There are six things that I find in John 14 through 16. Jesus, who hadn't talked about the Holy Spirit much before, now as he's getting ready to leave, this great passing of the baton, he's going to hand it off to them. He talks about the Holy Spirit at least six times. And I have seen uh, these six things that the Holy Spirit does for us live within us. That's New Testament. New Covenant theology, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit was with them before, the Holy Spirit uh, with in under the Old Covenant, but now in, Ezekiel talked about it, mm -hmm. uh, the Spirit will come to live within you. And that's, Secondly, that's, that refers to every Christian, every Christian has God the Holy Spirit within them. Yes, yes. Then secondly, counsel us personally. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, that he called him, this wonderful name that we have come to know, the paraclete, parakleo, the Greek, the word to, to teach, to mentor, to exhort, to encourage, all in one, huge word, and the Holy Spirit does it all mm -hmm. as a Counselor. Second. Third, he will teach us accurately. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit, the Counselor, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. All things oh my. Is, is a phrase that, that it happens in the New Testament on multiple occasions. And in the Greek, all things means all things. All things. Everything. Everything you need is we what it means. We can't the Holy Spirit. So, Paul, the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. 
if that's true, if let's let's doubt Jesus, let's pretend. Uh, but if that's true, then when I need to know something, when I need to understand something that I don't understand, when I need wisdom, when I need guidance, when I need help making a decision, then what Jesus is saying is that I can come to the Holy Spirit and trust that he will do that for me. Yes, Because indeed. it says he'll teach us all things. Mm -hmm. So are you saying we should do exactly that? <laughs> well, I would suggest that, as a matter of fact, if we're going to him, we're acknowledging that we don't have what it takes. Which is humility. And that can be hard for us. Humility yep. is right. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. Weakness. So that suggests that the Holy Spirit doesn't help us in our strength. If we can get along without him, if we can do it ourselves, if we already know the answer, we don't ask, we don't receive. But if we come in our weakness, we get all that the Father has to give us through the Holy Spirit. So it's a wonderful gift, obviously. All things is a... It takes faith to just read that passage and mm -hmm. believe it. Mm -hmm. He will teach you all things. I dare say most of us Christians, we don't actually cash in on that, that check. That's a huge check. Yes, it is. Let's, we should cash that more. Which I, job should I apply for? Is it possible to get a promotion? How do I go about doing that, God? Who in my workplace can I reach out to? With Who's ready to receive some of your love and some of your word? We need to ask, ask more questions. Listen for answers. Jesus promises us that he'll teach us all things. Let's do it, folks. <laughs> and, and speaking of, uh, that word ask is a, is a favorite word of Jesus. Yeah. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. You have not received because you have not asked. And that, that's one that I double down on because I think that explains why Jesus keeps saying ask. Because God, like it was explained to me this way growing up. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He does not push. He does not control. He does not impose or possess. He is a helper. He comes alongside when we ask him to. He never leaves us or forsakes us, but he doesn't push his way into situations. That's not what the Holy Spirit does. And so if we want wisdom, we have to ask. He's not, he's not one of those backseat drivers who's like, oh, by the way, here's the wisdom you should, should ask for right now. You should turn left. He, he, he does not do that. He waits because it requires our humility. It, it requires us to say, I need you, God, which is important for us, which I think that's why he does it that way. He also respects our free will. That's just how God set it up. But we, we, we have to ask. He doesn't push or impose. Well said. I'm, I'm feeling convicted as you say that. That's another thing the Spirit does. That's right. Yeah, thinking. I think that's one of my points, maybe. It should be. It's in there. <laughs> it's not. It that's Number a seventh. Five. It says, when he comes in John 16, verse 8, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. Do you get those three? Yeah. Sin, what we're doing wrong, of righteousness, what he's doing right, he's the righteous one, and of judgment. Sin will be judged. There will be judgment for sin. And either we get judged at the cross and set free from our sin, or we pay for our sin with death. 
The yeah. wages of sin is death. Yep. So I, I had a special personal revelation with this particular work of the Spirit because as a young pastor, I thought it was my responsibility Ooh. and glad, my joy. I'm glad you're talking about this because this is. I was just going to ask you, what about this? Yeah. Yes. Good. I thought that I it was my job to convict people in preaching. I yep. wanted to make them feel badly. And so I would give illustrations, hoping they would go, oh, yes, oh, oh, yes, I'm so terrible. <laughs> As I matured, I came to realize that I had every right to convince, but no need or right to convict. And that the Holy Spirit knows how to do that. Mm -hmm. And he can do it very well. And so I don't have to make people feel guilty. In yeah. fact, it's the opposite. I want to be lifting the shame, lifting the, the guilt, and bringing them to a place where they acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, which... And that's, that's a place of trust, isn't it? Because... If we're saying we, it's our job to convict people of sin instead of trusting the Holy Spirit to do it. Mm -hmm. But if instead you say, I'm going to try to introduce you to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to try to get you closer to the Lord. And I trust that the Holy Spirit will convict you in his time. And what that brings up then is the question of, well, if, if, what if you're mentoring someone or discipling someone or someone in your family um, starts making bad choices and living in sin or something like that? Um, shouldn't you tell them they're wrong and try to convince them to stop doing it? That's, that's, that's a tough question. And my response is, first of all, you need to give them to the Lord and leave them in God's hands, just like Abraham did to his son Isaac, and trust that God is the one who is going to take care of them and that God is the one who convicts of sin. On a practical level, you're never going to convince them to stop doing what they want to do. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. All that can do is burn a bridge between you and they and possibly give a bad representation of who God is. Yeah. And so, and pe so people have asked me, hey, you know, I, I, I have this person I'm trying to reach out to. They are, you know, pick, pick an issue. They're living a homosexual lifestyle. At what point do I tell them they got to knock that off? And I said, well, ask the Holy Spirit and follow his leading because it's his job to convict them. And if at some point, months, years from now, the Holy Spirit brings that to their heart and they come to you and say, so this is what I feel like God has been saying to me. Now you can say, yes, I agree with what the Spirit is saying and this is where it is in scripture and that sort of thing. And some people disagree with that, with that way of doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's fine to point out sin, but it's not our job to convict. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have a hard time with that. With yeah. And I think, I think it, the problem is trust. They don't really trust the Holy Spirit to do his job. Yes. We want to do the job. And I, I have trouble with that. I think this sets us free. Yeah. It set me free in my preaching. Mm -hmm. that I didn't have to be the convictor. And I can speak the truth as I know it. And God will bring it yep. home to the hearts as he reveals it to individuals through the Holy Spirit. 
Yes. And, and thank you for saying that because we're not, I'm not saying you shouldn't speak the truth or you shouldn't be, this is what the Bible says about people who are in sin or whatever it is that's happening. Absolutely speak the truth. But the, the pushing it on people and being like, so this is the truth. You got to get on board or else yeah. you can't be a part of this church if you don't get, you know, do these things. That's where I disagree. Sure. Share the truth. This is the truth. Do not shirk away from the truth. Absolutely. But it's the spirit's job to convince them in their spirit of what they're doing. And it's also the only way that will work. Yes. You could try to heap on as much shame and as much fire and brimstone as you want. But very quickly, you will see that that is the devil's job, not yours. Mm. It's the, the devil's the accuser of the brethren. Mm -hmm. The devil's the one who brings shame. That's not your job either. So yeah. please don't do his job for him. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts of sin. And when we pray for that to happen and try to make room for that to happen, as it turns out, he's faithful to do that. In my experience. Yes. But this is a tough one for people on a, on a just rubber meets the road ministry mentoring kind of setting. At what point do we bring up this issue or that issue? Trust the Holy Spirit. That's hard to do because it takes faith. Mm -hmm. Right? It does. But he will teach us all things and he will convict people of, what were the three things he would convict out of? Sin. In righteousness and judgment. Judgment. Mm -hmm. I'm very thankful for that. Yes. It's not our job description. No. It's good to know. I'm, gl I'm glad it's not. I don't want to do that. No, I don't either. I don't, want to, I don't want to be responsible for that. There are two more that I want to bring out, and I want to get them done uh, in, this, in this podcast. We'll see. Going to number five, I've, I've given you four already that the Holy Spirit lives within us. The Holy Spirit counsels us personally. The Holy Spirit teaches us accurately. The Holy Spirit convicts the world. Number five. The Holy Spirit makes Christ our center. Mm. Who does the Holy Spirit talk about from heaven? Jesus said that when the counselor comes, he will testify about me. The Holy Spirit comes to bring Christ into lordship in our life. No one can say Jesus is Lord, Master. Except by the Holy Spirit. So if I am able to make the Holy to, to make Jesus Lord of my life, how did that happen? The Holy Spirit worked it in me. The Holy Spirit has uh, his agenda, his primary agenda is Jesus Christ. And if I surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is going to be Lord. Mm -hmm. I, I'm in, in, um, in a discussion now with a pastor who says, I don't want to hear about the Holy Spirit. I just want to hear about Jesus. Well, in order to hear about Jesus, you need the Holy Spirit. I've got to have the Holy Spirit. I've got to have the Holy Spirit working in me. I, I've got to read the scripture. Whose book is it? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wrote it. Who yeah. raised Jesus from the dead? The Holy Spirit. If he who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will bring life to your mortal bodies. So the, it's all about 
the work of the Holy Spirit in making Jesus Lord. So I, Absolutely. I desperately need the Holy Spirit in my life. And the gifts of the Spirit. And we'll get to those. But in, in John's revelation, he says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Mm-hmm. Prophecy is important. Do yeah. we want testimony about Jesus? Uh, yes. Yes, we do. So we should want prophecy. Um, a lot of it, I think, is just the way we were raised. Are we raised thinking this is good or are we raised thinking this is bad? However old you are right now, it's time to think for yourself. And it's time to follow God for yourself and search the scriptures like we're doing right now. And you'll see the Holy Spirit. He's, yeah. He wrote the book. So he's all over the place. <laughs> Our greatest need is to live in Christ. And how do I live in Christ? By the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I love this passage because it's, it's so beautifully Trinitarian. I will, go, I will go to the Father and ask, and he will send the Holy Spirit to you, and the Holy Spirit will testify about me. It's all there. And Jesus, at the end of all this, says, now be one as the Father and I are one. And like, this is such a great model for us to lift one another up, to help one another, serve one another, praise one another, honor one another. Um, the, the way the Trinity does that is just so beautiful. Jesus just talks about the Father all the time. It's the Father, it's the Father, it's the Father. When the Father shows up, what does he say? This is my son, listen to him, my beloved, right? And when Jesus asks the Father, the Father sends the Spirit, the Spirit can't shut up about Jesus. That's all he ever talks about. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. That's it's well said. Beautiful, and it is our archetype for marriage and family. It's our archetype for life as Christians in the body of Christ to be like they are, like he is for one another. And I just, I love it. It's, it's so great. 